Well, we are about at the halfway point of a series we began uh, during our vacation Bible school week called Ride the Wave. And and, uh, as we kind of entered into that week, it was all about learning to ride the wave of God's wisdom and looking at uh, some key Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is filled with these wonderful teachings and wise sayings that we are to learn not just to hear, but to apply in our lives. And there's a theme verse, there's a, a memory verse that we're inviting all of you to memorize. You might have learned it in different versions. Uh, if you pull out your note page, it's on the back. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I think I have some helpers here who are going to help, help you learn it. Do I have them here? Where are they? All right, sprint on up here. Okay. So we don't want you just to kind of recognize Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We want you to learn it. We want you to memorize it. And so I've got my helpers here who are going to help you learn it. Okay, so you can look at your sheet uh, if you want to, or if you're starting to get it, okay, say it with them, okay? If you know the hand motions, even better, but we're from, from the youngest kid, in fact, I think the youngest kid I think I've seen is about, I think maybe less than two, What's, I don't know how old Jordan is, uh, French, but I think she's the youngest I've seen so far. So we've got them under two all the way up to old people, okay? So let's see what we got here. Okay, you guys ready? When you're ready, one, two, three. Awesome job. All right. Now, we're learning this all through the church. In fact, today our kids are talking about friendship as we're learning about it too. We're talking about today uh, wisdom for our friendships. Now, what's key is it, it, when, we, when we look at Proverbs and we're thinking about godly wisdom, you're going to, re- as you're reading through it, one of the things I want to encourage you during this month of August, every day, whatever day it is, uh, read that proverb. So today is August 2nd. Read uh, Proverbs 2 today. What, if you miss a couple days, that's fine. But whatever day it is, read the proverb of that day. Read through the wisdom. See if just something steps out. And notice this, that when you're going to see these words like hear, listen, pay attention, the idea isn't just that you would hear these things and listen to these things or ponder these things. The idea behind the words hear and listen and be mindful is that you would do them. And so wisdom is, uh, is for the purpose of helping us make right decisions. And that's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is so important because what we're learning is how to trust in the Lord and actually hear the wisdom and apply it and do it in our lives. Uh, and, and this is what becomes so important. So ultimately, what we want to learn how to do is to integrate our faith into everything we do. This is the Christian life, that Jesus becomes Lord of our lives. He becomes Lord of everything. And so your faith must be integrated. You can't have your faith life and then your social life, your work life, your sex life, your marriage life, your money life. Like you, that, that this is just one piece of the pie. Jesus doesn't want one piece of the pie. He wants the whole thing. Okay, so he wants to be Lord of all, and we want to learn to trust him in all these things. What I love about Proverbs is as we go through this book, there's so much wisdom about all kinds of real things that we are dealing with. It's very, very practical. So we've talked about marriage. We're going to talk about money and just how we be wise stewards with, with it, with uh, 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 our sex lives. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that Proverbs deals with that's kind of interesting to think about. Today, we're going to talk about friendship. 
And uh, I want you to take the song we just sung and kind of use that as a filter as we, kinda, as we think through these things, as we think about what it is to be good friends. Now, friendship changes over time, doesn't it? When you're a little kid, friendship comes really easy. I watched my daughter. She's eight years old. She's just kind of peeking out her window. Any kid that rides by on a bike is a potential best friend, isn't it, right? She's just ready, that perfect play date. But as you get older, friendship changes. Friendship gets a little more challenging. I love Jerry Seinfeld uh, joked about this once. He says, when you're in your 30s, it's very hard to make a new friend. Whatever the group is that you've got going on, that's uh, who you're going with. Uh, He says, you're not interviewing. You're not looking at any new people. You're not interested in seeing any applications. If I meet a potential new friend, I'll tell him, I'm sure you're a very nice person. We seem to have a lot of potential, but we're just not hiring right now, right? That's how friendship feels like as you get older. It just, our lives get busy. I, I, gosh, just looking at students' lives and how busy our students are with school and work and sports and extracurricular activities and performing arts and all these things, even for them, the, the real challenge to develop uh, uh, great friendships, Friendship is something that you must be intentional about if you want to develop it. It, It's not going to just happen on its own. You must be intentional. And so what I want you to think about today is this. In light of that song and in light of the kind of the friendship that God pursues with us, I want to invite you to do something today. Here's our big idea. You write this down and then we'll look at the wisdom of God. Here's our big idea. Let God redefine for you today friendship. Let him redefine friendship for you. This is the challenge. This is the big idea of what we're going to look at today. Because as we look at the wisdom of God, you're going to realize that in some ways to be the kind of friend you're you're being called to do. See, a lot of you are going to want to listen to this message and you're going to kind of want to evaluate your friends. You're going to decide which ones you're going to keep and which ones you're going to move on from, right? Uh, And it's all consumer based. I want to challenge you not to think of it that way. Instead of thinking about your friends and the kind of friends they should be to you, I want you to listen in in light of yourself. How can I be the friend I need to be? What kind of friend are you? What kind of friend am I? Am I the kind of friend that I see defined in Scripture? And if I'm not, i got to let God speak his wisdom into me, and I have to trust him, and I have to be transformed by it. So, Part of the Christian life is letting God transform us. And the only way he will transform us is if you trust him. When he speaks truth into your life, you let that truth sink in and you begin to walk in that new way. So a couple of things to think about that the Proverbs speak of. The first thing is this, is that friendship is about quality, not just quantity. Friendship is about quality, not just quantity. Now I'm curious, how many of you have um, at least 300 friends? on Facebook. Okay. Just show of hands. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't even want to know how many you're, you've already maxed out at 2000, haven't you? You can't even add, no one, don't even send a friend request to, to Manny because you can't be his friend. He's, he's maxed out his friend. I have 1200 friends on Facebook, most of whom I don't even remember or know. I think we went to school together at Crestview or Oceanview or wherever we went. Um, but a lot of my friends I, 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 that are on there are really just, it's kind of historic friendship. But most of those people will not be people I would call if I, if I needed someone or I needed something. Uh, Proverbs speaks about pursuing quality friendships. 
turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. And we'll be in this kind of general area. We're going to bounce around a little bit. A lot of the Proverbs are very short, one-liners. But Proverbs 18, turn there. And we're going to look at verse 24. Proverbs 18, 24. These are some great Proverbs to underline in your Bible to remember. Proverbs 18, 24. And uh, they'll be up here on the screen. Proverbs 18, 24 says this. uh, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, some of you may have translations that says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, or there's a friend who pretends to be a friend. But notice what he's saying, that there are a lot of friendships that are very surface. They're, they're, it, it, uh, uh, they, they, they're shallow. They don't really go very far. But there is a friendship. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I remember uh, thinking about this. I remember praying really for a friend like this and to be a friend like this. I remember uh, uh, years ago, my family, we used to live downtown on 9th Street. And, and uh, uh, my brother was down at the beach at night one time. And he was, he was young. He was a teenager. And he was kind of walking by a group of, of unruly characters. And as he was doing so, they kind of said some stuff. And he said some stuff. And all of a sudden, he found himself being chased. And he was telling me this story. It was the, it was the strangest impulse. Uh, as he was sharing about just running for what he felt was like running for his life, as he was sharing the story with me, I, I could feel this rage come over me. Like my, my first thought was, I'm going to go grab a bat and go down there and just like club these guys. Like I'm, I wouldn't do it. But I mean, that, that feeling, right? Have you, have you ever felt that for family? Have you ever felt that when your family is threatened, that kind of defense that comes in? Like I will tear you. It's a mama bear syndrome, right? I, I, I learned this in youth ministry. You better teach, t- take care of high school kids well, because if you don't, mama bear is coming after you. Okay. There's this instinct that we have as family to protect each other. And notice what the proverb says, that that bond is there. And yet, there is a friendship that can be even tighter than that. There can be this quality friendship that is even beyond this very thing. I love this story that I I read about these two uh, friends who grew up together. Jim and Philip. Jim was a little older than Philip, and oftentimes he was kind of the leader uh, of the two. But uh, they went to high school together. They went to college together. And ultimately, they wound up uh, going into the Marines together. This was back in World War II. And they found themselves actually being stationed in Germany. They found themselves actually in combat together. And on one of these uh, uh, days of combat, uh, they found themselves under heavy fire. And as the heavy fire was taking place, the commanding officer uh, called for the, the troop to retreat. And so as Jim began to retreat with everyone, he noticed that Philip wasn't around. And as they retreated back into a safer position, he asked his commanding officer, can I go back? I need to find Philip. He said, no, there's no way I'm letting you go back. That's a suicide mission. Leave your friend. He's gone. Jim disobeyed the order. He took off. He ran into the battle. He went into the heavy fire against all the screams and and, and concerns of his commanding officer. And after a short period of time, uh, Jim emerged from kind of the darkness coming out, carrying this limp body. As he came back, his commanding officer just chewed into him. See, I told you this was foolish. I told you your friend would not be alive. I told you this was a waste of time. And Jim's response was, you're wrong, sir. He said, when I got there, 
my friend Philip, he said, he looked up at me. He says, you got here just in time. He says, I knew you would come. I, I thought about this story and I thought about this. What would I be willing to risk for my friend? Would I, would I be the one who showed up? Would my friend say, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. Are you a quality friend? What are you willing to risk for your friendships? I knew you would come. Second, we see this, that friends speak truth in love. Friends speak truth in love. One of the key themes we see in the book of Proverbs is that wise people don't resist correction. Okay, let me repeat that. Wise people don't resist correction. And so a quality friend earns this right to be heard. You earn this right to be heard and you earn this ability to speak into the life of those that are in your life, your, your, your quality friends that you have. And correction is so important because correction keeps us from, from uh, repeating past mistakes. Now listen, turn over a few pages to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, verse 6. And notice the wisdom that we have here. Page 656, Proverbs says this, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Listen to the wisdom. Better than flattery is someone who really cares, someone who's willing to speak truth to you in love. It's important that in our friendships, there's a a vulnerability that is growing and the ability for us to speak truth and love. This is so important to keep us from correction, to keep us from kind of uh, uh, missing what it is that God has for our lives. In fact, uh, one of the very first churches, a church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul was speaking to it. He knew how easy it would be for this this young church to get kind of sidelined, to get uh, kind of wayward by false teaching that was going on. And so one of the things that he challenged for them, he said, you have to mature. You have to grow in your faith. You have to learn to think right. You have to learn to live in wisdom. If you don't mature, You'll be like a boat just without a rudder, just kind of floating out in the waves. And so one of the things that he said to them was this. Ephesians 4.15, he said this. He said, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. One of the, the commandments he gave them was learn. You guys as a congregation, as a, as a group, you're going to have to learn to challenge each other, to speak lovingly to each other, to speak truthfully to each other. Because if you let any and every idea just take root in your lives, if there's, if there's no discernment among you, you'll kind of chase after everything and you will not ever really grow. Now notice the balance. You cannot be truthful without love. That's just beating up your friend. But you can't be loving without being truthful. You can't just let things go and you can't just let destruction enter their life. You have, part of being a quality friend is learning to speak truth in love. Notice the balance. See, a good friendship leads towards Christ-likeness. A good friendship should, should help. Uh, you should be helping someone mature in Christ and they should be helping you mature in Christ. The goal is maturity, it is Christ-likeness. And so what we have to learn is to speak the truth and love. Just a few verses down, notice, uh, again, another wise proverb. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. 
Are you someone who is sharpening your friends? Are you sharpening them? Are they sharpening you? Iron rubbing against iron produces a sharp edge. And we need someone. We see that we need someone to to make us sharp. Left to ourselves, we become dull. The friends that care about our best interests learn to embrace, help us learn to embrace God's wisdom. They speak truthfully. They speak lovingly to us. I, I think one of the best examples I saw of this was uh, there's a guy named Parker Palmer, and he wrote a book called Let Your Life Speak. Now, Palmer's a Quaker, and so part of the, the, in the tradition is as big decisions come in life, they have what's called a clearness committee. So you gather uh, a group of 12 friends, and they ask questions. They don't give you answers, but the, the, the goal of the time is to help you dig deep, 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 and get to the core of really discerning the, what God is calling in this decision. Now, Palmer was invited to become the president of an educational institution. And so this is a very big decision. It was going to be a very big life change for him. And so as he assembled the clearness committee, as he got together this group of 12 friends, uh, they began to ask him questions. And as he answered the questions, the goal was to help him just discern, was this God's calling or not? And one of the questions was this. What would you like most about being a president? And let me just read what he writes. He says, The simplicity of that question loosed me, loosed, uh, me from my head and lowered me into my heart. I remember pondering for at least a full minute before I could respond, and then very softly and tenderly I started to speak. Well, I would not like having to give up my writing and teaching. I would not like the politics of the presidency, never knowing who your real friends are. I would not like having to glad hand people I do not respect simply because they have money. I would not, and gently and firmly, he said, the person who asked the question interrupted me and and said, may I remind you that I asked you what you would most like? He said, I responded impatiently. Yes, yes, I'm working towards that answer. And then he returned to his answer. He said, once again, the questioner called me back to the original question. But this time, he says, I felt compelled to give the only honest answer I possess, an answer that came from the very bottom of my barrel, an answer that appalled even me as I spoke it. Well, I said in the smallest voice I possess, I guess what I'd like most is getting my picture in the paper with the word president under it. He writes, I was sitting with these seasoned Quakers who knew that though my answer was laughable, my mortal soul was clearly at stake. They did not laugh at all, but went into a long and serious silence, a silence in which I could only sweat and inwardly groan. And finally, my questioner broke the silence with a question that cracked all of us up and cracked me open. Parker, he said, can you think of an easier way to get your picture in the paper? He said, it became obvious to me that my desire to become president had much more to do with my ego than with the ecology of my life. So obvious that when the clearness committee ended, I called the school and withdrew my name from consideration. Had I taken that job, I would have been, it would have been very bad for me and a disaster for the school. I love and respect the kind of friendship that, that is there that could sit in the stillness and the awkwardness that could ask a loving question, a truthful question, let God kind of reveal things. 
Are you a friend who can speak truth and love? Are you that kind of quality friend? Well, third, friends we see stick it out. A quality friend is going to stick it out. And Proverbs 17, 17 helps us see this, that a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for times of adversity. A true friend is like a brother who's there for you at all times. And again, such an interesting kind of picture that they're creating here. Like a culture in which family is much deeper than, than the way we know it. And yet, here's this picture of, of once again, this, this friendship that can go even beyond that. One of the ways I've heard it expressed here is this. Are you a 3 a.m. friend? Are you a 3 a.m. friend? What I mean by that is this. Uh, for Kim and I, we, we know in our life, if the phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's never good. And that's probably true in your life as well. But usually if the phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning for a pastor, that means something bad has happened. And, and we, so we, we jump up, we, we raise up, and we figure out how to be there, in the, the light, uh, be there for other people. But I do that because it's my job. But I found myself also being on the other side of that, that there have been 3 a.m. moments in my life where I have to make a call, where I have to ask, is there someone there who can walk in this for me? And I know we feel very blessed to have friends that we know are 3 a.m. friends that we could call in the middle of the night and say, we need you. And they would drop everything and they would come over and they'd find a way to walk in whatever it is that we're going through. Because... Friends stick it out. Friends love at all times. There's a great uh, story, maybe you saw a couple years ago, of two women from Mission Viejo. They're walking on this wilderness trail, and as they're walking on this wilderness trail, this this giant 100-pound mountain lion jumps out, grabs one of the the women uh, by the head, just clamps on and begins to pull her into the, the brush. And as she begins to be pulled into the brush, her friend grabs a hold of her legs. And rather than running, her friend grabs on and begins to, to, to yell, I, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'll never let go. I'm not letting go. As other people came in and kind of threw rocks and things like that, it, it was just a tug of war between the, the mountain lion and the friend. And the friend's tenacity just to stick it out, to hold on and just keep saying, I will not let go. I'm never letting go. I'm never letting go was the difference. Finally, the cat gave up and ran away. Now, my guess is most of you don't have a literal 100-pound mountain lion ready to jump on you. But you all know that there is some kind of lion. There's some kind of figurative lion ready to pounce on your life. Somewhere, somewhere down the line, if not right now, something's going to happen. Crisis is going to come. When that time comes... Do you have someone that's going to be there for you? Maybe put it the other way. When that happens to your friendships, are you going to be there? Are you going to be the 3 a.m. friend? Are you going to be the one who sticks it out? Are you going to grab on and say, I don't care what you say. I'm not letting go. I'm never letting go. Real friends stick it out. A friend loves at all times. For some of us, we realize some of our friendships need reconciliation, they need restoration, they need repair. And at the heart of that, what they need is repentance. There needs to be a change of heart and a change of direction, a change of life. And I want to encourage you to pursue that. Real friends love at all times. Well, let me end with one final thought, and it's this. If 
We want God to redefine friendship for us. Perhaps the best way to see this in in, in light, we have the privilege of seeing this a little differently than the original audience. As they thought about all the views of friendship from this godly wisdom, think of how uniquely different we have as Matt read the, the passage from John 15. Jesus himself, if we want to see God redefine friendship, look at Jesus. Jesus gives us a a true picture of friendship. So in Jesus, we see this, the final night of his life. He has his his disciples with him and he changes the, the definition of the relationship. He changes the nature of the relationship. No longer are you servants. You are my friends. I have revealed these things to you. You know my business. You, you trust me. You're in it with me. You're not just my servants. You are my friends. And then he says to them, here, he says, I need you to do something. I need you to love each other. He knows what's coming. He knows what's next. And he says, I need you to love each other. And then he gives them this. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, you look at that verse and you go, boy, that would be a great proverb. That'd be a great proverb to state. But isn't it so much more powerful for Jesus not only to say, this is what real friendship looks like, and then go and do that very thing. Then go and lay down his life for the very friends who would desert him just hours later. That he would lay down his life for us, that he would define our relationship as as friendship. What he wants is friendship. And as we look at this, we, you begin to think, I, 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 try, I began to think about this. What must it have been like for them to hear that that night and then to panic and run and all the things that happened? And then, and then later for that idea to take root in their heart. Maybe it was in the 40 days after Jesus had risen from the dead. Maybe it was, it was longer. But somewhere in there, that idea had taken root in their heart, that, that they had become the friends of the King of Kings. This is why I think they served him so selfishly. This is why I think they were all willing to give their lives up themselves for him. Their friendship, friendship for them got redefined in that act of the cross. See, real friendship looks for not what it can receive and get. Real friendship looks for what it can give. Friendship we see through Jesus is, is modeled by sacrifice and by service. And this is what Jesus has demonstrated for us on the cross. I know this. I am learning to be a better friend because of my friendship with Jesus. I don't know that I was ever a great friend kind of growing up. I might've been a nice kid, but I don't know if I was ever a great friend, but what I'm learning is that friendship for me is being transformed because of my friendship with Jesus. As I'm learning more and more of the ways that he cares about me, I see the way that he is stuck by me. When I think of the ways that he has spoken truthfully into my life in love, not because he wants to manipulate my life, but because he cares about my life. He cares about my well-being. He cares about my future. He cares about my family. And what I've seen is that he has become the most important relationship in my life. Do you know this kind of friendship with him? 
Or is that kind of friendship with him redefining and reshaping how you pursue friendship with others? Here's what I love about the Christian faith, the Christian life. The Christian life is not about you learning how to do more, be better, get better. The Christian life is you learning how to enter into a friendship with God. Jesus made it possible for us to to have peace with God and friendship with God again. This is the gospel. The good news is not what we can do to earn God's approval. The, The good news that we proclaim to the world is that God desires friendship for us. And he has done the hard work for us. He has removed the barriers as we enter into faith. I want to invite you to to pursue that in a much deeper way. If you are not a Christian yet, I would just invite you to consider this. This This is what we proclaim, that you could be the friend of God. You could know friendship with God. And Jesus has made it possible. Jesus has taken all of your sin upon himself. He has done the hard work to draw you into a friendship with God. And today I would encourage you to turn your life over to him. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, you're a Christian who is trusting him with your life, I would just ask you, do you live like a friend of God? Do you trust him like a close friend who would do anything for you? Trust him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust him with all your heart, knowing that he, as your friend, only wants what's best for you. Become the kind of friend to others that he has been to you. And if there's trouble in your friendship, I want to encourage you to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. Let him transform your ability to be a good friend to others. And so let's pray for that very thing this morning. I want to invite you just to take these next uh, 90 seconds or so of silence. Don't, don't be concerned by the silence. Just enjoy it. But in the quiet of this time, take a moment to pray. If you desire that friendship with God, this is a moment to just quietly turn to him and call for that. Surrender your life to him. And just as he laid down his life for you so that you could be his friend Now you lay down your life, receive and accept that friendship. And for us also, this is a time to pray, Lord, help me be the friend to others that you are to me. Let God lead you in the areas that he wants to show you and reveal to you. Learn how he wants you to respond in this. So let's take a moment to pray.